Oh, I'm so Here? happy. Yes. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Fire Builders Live. My name is Josh Corporal. Today, I have very special guest, Jason Gardner. Jason, welcome to the program, my man. Great to be here. Thank you, Josh. So psyched. Yeah, yeah me too, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, so uh, you're coming to us from Paris, France at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, Perfect. yes, I am. Um, one question for my fans back home. Can I share this back on my page somehow? Yeah. Is it easy to do? Yeah, absolutely. In um, fact, if you just go onto my page, you'll get the link right. and you can share it to whoever you need. And so while you're doing let that, me do that, let me, yeah. let me um, before we sort of get into oh, the introductions and stuff, if you're not familiar with how Fire Builders works, we stream live every day, Monday through Saturday at around 12 noon. I think today I was just telling Jason, this is the first time I think we've ever started on time, which is amazing. Uh, and and what Tight we do, around here, man. we bring on experts and uh, we break down really complex topics into small things, things that you can do, baby steps, little micro goals that you can do every single day to get you on your way. And today... We're going to, we're going to be talking about something that I personally love, which is the idea of taking something that you're passionate about, some topic, some theme and crafting it into a tangible thing, like a book, a photographic book that you can hand somebody. There's no, there's no more like powerful way to show somebody your artistic concepts than to give them a book. And I can't think of a better person to, to actually um, talk about this than Jason, you know, Dude, you've been, you've got this whole thing called visual anthropology, which I think is incredible. You know, you've, you've, you've shot for the Rolling Stones, New York Times, uh, Photo District News, Spin Magazine, NPR. Your, your very first shot was shooting Carnival in Brazil. And now you're doing this new project, Rituals, Roots and Rebels, where you're, you're literally traveling around to places like Poland, Slovenia, Bulgaria, Austria, Guinea-Bissau, Sardinia, like all of these very, very unique places that have carnival. North Macedonia. This, this year I did eight. Uh, North Macedonia, also uh, northern Greece, including small towns outside of Thessaloniki. Really, I go for small villages that have this very traditional carnival that's outside the norm, like outside the stereotypical there's no bikinis. There's no people drunk on the Well, there's people drunk on the streets, but it's all very traditional and it's very strong into their types of uh, things that they are passionate about. And I'm all about passion uh, photographing that. But in general, what I love to, to photograph is culture, right? So, and that builds up to this thing called visual anthropology um, because in this day and these days nowadays um, with everything so digital and so screen-based um, I love documenting these things that are so still analog and kind of gritty and real feeling and, and a throwback. Well, I can tell you what, and we're actually on this episode, if you're watching right now, um, by the way, if you have questions or anything, throw them in the comments because we'll be able to bring those up. Uh, but but we're actually going to do the very first time, for the first time ever, we're going to be sharing a screen on Fire Builders Live. We're actually going to see some of these photographs because they are incredible, dude. And and by the way, like, you know, I have a personal history with this. My family has been going to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. My dad's been going there for, uh, I want to say, the last 56, 57 years straight. We've got wow. a crew down there. I've been there now 12, 13 times. We've got our, a big party and stuff. So... I'm like well versed in the whole New Orleans Mardi Gras, but 
so on the surface, man, like so much on the surface. And you were just bringing a completely new perspective to the idea of carnival, something that I've never seen. So I'm super interested in this. Um, so, uh, so I guess like talk a little bit about how you ended up getting started, right? You had this passion in, in expressing culture. Was it just a situation where you wanted to express to people to, to let people see the world the way that you saw the world? Well, it was actually just an, uh, first a desire to create a new portfolio and something I was passionate about. I've been a photographer for about 15 years, but always loved music. And I traveled a lot as a backpacker in my 20s. When I came back and I started shooting musicians as a profession, when I, sh- I talked to art directors and creative directors, and they said, that's great that you shot these famous musicians. You shot Bob Dylan and Isaac Hayes and all these people. Um, but we want to see a more personal work. And I thought about it and I said, well, I love to travel. I love music. So let's go to Brazil. I mean, it was almost that simple. Um, Sometimes first thought, best thought. But what I did was I did a lot of research in advance and I started talking to people at first, like anyone who had been to Brazil before any Brazilians in New York or was at the time. And then I started talking to more um, people who'd studied Brazil, like ethnomusicologists. And everyone had told me, you can go to Rio and see the carnival there and, and the samba. You can go to Bahia and see their thing. But those are both very well known and very well documented. They started encouraging me to go explore other areas of Brazil that were pretty well known, but not as well known internationally. So I ended up going to Recife in the northeast of Brazil. The first time I went was off season, like October, I want to say 2004. And I, because of these ethnographers, I had made some contacts with musicians and musician groups there traditional um, groups i did some shooting and some uh, learning uh there but everyone said you did a good you know start but you have to come back for carnival so i sort of backed into this project i didn't go to brazil saying i want to shoot carnival it was because it was the based on the music so i went a few months later during february of the following year and i shot a whole bunch of things and made more contacts and got all excited but realized that kind of like what you had mentioned, I really just started to pierce the surface. I didn't really go deeper. So I went back the next year. Every year I returned, um, As since I knew it better, I started getting assignments from newspapers and magazines. And, and then I had a nonprofit hire me to shoot a separate project there. I started getting well-known for that project. And every time I returned the same place over and over, I went deeper and deeper and deeper into the culture of Carnival, what these people were doing, how they prepare. And then after the second and the third time, which I'll show you a little later in the show, um, I started being invited to more private kind of ceremonies and these different rituals that kind of really underlied um, what Carnival was about for them. So right. after that's about the maybe stuff. the third time, I was like, this is a book. You know, this is something different. Well, that's, and I remember like us talking about that a little bit earlier. You know, some of these places that you, were invited into, you know, even locals haven't seen a lot of that stuff. I mean, you were privy to just some experiences that a very select few people have seen and you had to be invited in. It's not like you can just waltz into these places and start shooting. No, for sure. Uh, A lot of the ceremonies are in unmarked houses. They're in the favela. Um, Even the people in the favela said, you can't go there yourself because it's just not safe or they won't let you in or anything. It was, coming back and showing work a lot and, and being um, genuine in my uh, passion for their culture 
and she, and it was key to return because a lot of car, a lot of photographers go for one carnival and they never see them again. And I returned to build access. I brought prints, and back in the day, before digital was so prevalent, to bring an eight by ten print and give it to the family of the people I work with was huge. That's awesome. So that was, yeah. So then they started saying they see my work when I showed. They're like, "Oh, you're missing something." I want to show you a different part of my aspect. Come back on Saturday. I met them at like a corner. I remember like where a church on uh, on the highway where like a church and a gas station was. And we went in the favela like an hour and a half walk. And then we found this sort of unmarked house. Where this day long ceremony occurred. Um, and some of that stuff is in this book. So this is what the cover of the book looks like, by the way. And we'll get, I'll show some digital on that, but um, it's just, you know, it has a spine and everything. It actually exists in the real world. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. that's that. <laughs> so real quick before we get in, cause that's, cause that's where I'd like yeah, to sure. go. Now we can start talking about the book. We can, but I want to answer uh, one question. In fact, uh, this just came through. So like, as you did this, were you by yourself or did you have like a, maybe another person or a small team or something like that with you? No, it was all by myself because a lot of the situations, not only did Carnival with a lot of people around, um, but a lot, especially with the, uh, uh, the practices of the groups and the the ceremonies and rituals, um, it was better to have a light footprint. I mean, I would have, like, for example, more ceremonies, but even for the practices, a local would take me, as I said, but I didn't have an assistant, a lighting, anything. I shot super journalistically um, with just mostly with natural ambient light. Um, and, and my whole goal is to actually disappear right so like the best way i can make photographs is to not be not to have any effect on the people in the room it's kind of hard i mean you can't tell from the photo you can't tell from sitting here but i'm six foot one i'm kind of a big guy (laughs) so like anything i do to like kind of crunch down with my camera and like not hide but kind of not uh have a footprint that's key so short answer yes i work solo well, so as, so as you're sitting there, right, because we can get into some of these photographs that are, you know, these, these are shot like the natural light. It just adds so much, so much of a more natural is the wrong word here. It's like so much more of a, of a, a sensationalism. Like you feel like you're there. Some of these, some of these shots are just nuts, man. Um, so actually let's do it. If you want to, um, let's, first of all, like for everybody that's listening, in fact, before we get into the actual book part, I'm curious, mm-hmm. right? The people that are listening to this and are and are passionate about something and want to share share experiences the way that they see the world, the way that they respect. Like for you, it was the music that led into the photographs. Um, they've got this idea in their heads, but it's to do it justice. They have to. It, it will require a larger scope of work. You know, it's not just one or two photographs from Aruba. And then you can get the gist. Like it's a it's a larger scope of work. So, what would you say the good way to start out as far as organizing in your head how to create one of these like photographic books? Well, if you're organizing in your head how to create a book, photo book, or even maybe it's a presentation, or maybe it's even an exhibit, or maybe it's just even the photos on your wall, it's all the same idea. You want to think about the deeper themes that connect photos, right? And so I was forced to do that in organizing the book. How am I going to make chapters? What does this all mean? Uh, specifically, in my situation, having shot it over multiple years, you, it wasn't really a chronological thing. That's out the window, right? 
So you have to think, what are the deeper themes involved? So if I can suggest one thing, it would be um, whether you started it or not. Um, and if you started it, you look at the photos or the content you have. And if you haven't, then do some research and talk to people about the existing thing that you're looking to document and what are the deeper things enabling it. And what I mean by that, it's, it's akin to, I think we said this before, akin to like video editing, right? Uh, and video shooting. If you're, if you do a video editing or book or photo editing and you see the content that you shot and you're thinking, hmm, I wish I had this shot. I wish I had that shot, this transition or this thing, then it'll make you to be a better shooter. So I'm encouraging you uh, and those out there if you're thinking about the one thing to do is try to anticipate that in advance, all the different types of imagery that you'd want to create or capture or look for in your trip, or in your project or anything. Again, bring that back to my thing. After your second trips, I, I looked at the carnival photo I'd photographed and some people started telling me, well, I want to see more of the place. I want to see more of the, the environment, the, the city itself. And I include one of the photos in the slideshow. But um, the point is that I didn't actually think of it that way. I was like, oh, what's in front of me, the, uh, the carnival. Now, every time I go to a carnival, I try to photograph some landscapes and maybe a detail and, and you know, different in the composite add up to a more rich experience of what it is to be there. Like, uh, like, so for people that are watching or like looking at these photographs, it almost acts as what would be called an establishing shot, like in a, in a film somewhere where they can, they can establish themselves in a place and understand like yeah. where all this really cool stuff is happening. Yeah. The classic shot of the drone shot coming in, you know, yeah. starting a million miles away, you come all the way in, or you just go on a building and go up high and just do a wide shot. But uh, I also think filmically when I do even my still photos of like wide, medium, tight, wide, medium, tight, wide shot, the medium shot to show some environment and tight, like maybe a detail or well, like let's, a close person's face. Let's actually check that out. I mean, we've got some examples. You want to flip to your book and we can see what that's, what that's all about. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Doing the screen or my actual book. Okay, right. Yeah, here we go. So this is the cover of the book. And I call it a flower in the mouth because it's um, multiple different meanings, but I'm trying to do a bit more of a poetic uh, title than just carnival in the place. But a uh, flower in the mouth is actually uh, connected to one of the characters we'll see in a little bit. But what I'm talking about, the wide shot, that's like the, the, the carnival in one of the old streets downtown. And some people tell me this is like a very surreal shot because of these floating things up here. But that's, I didn't do any compositing. That's how it is. Um, and this is in Recife? Yes, this is all in Recife. Um, the book is about Pernambuco, which is the state in the northeast, of which Recife is the main city. Um, Olinda is another city uh, not far from there, that's a world, cult, um, a world cultural heritage site. And then I photographed a lot in the countryside, the cane-cutting region of that area. So showing the city and the country carnival at the same time. Okay. So this is the wide shot that you're talking about. This is sort of yeah, the establishing yeah. shot in a way. Yeah, and it's the sort of crowd shot. Um, and the way I structured the book, I, I made it into, if you think about a pyramid, uh, carnival, culture, and ceremony. So there's a carnival, the, the stuff on the streets, the culture that supports it, the different types of groups and, and all that, and then the ceremony, which is what I, we talked about earlier, of people inviting me into these sort of private ceremonies that made up the real interior world of the sort of behind the scenes of this carnival. So and yeah, when I talked to some people, when I showed this work to people in Hisifi itself, 
It's like, I don't know what that is. I've never seen that before because people tend to stay in their own neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I mean, just with the carnival culture and ceremony things, I really like how that's broken down. I mean, it takes this, this just very, very complex idea of carnival and, and as somebody that's creative and wants to express that in a way, you know, it, to people that aren't as familiar with, with the carnival and all of the nuances that come along with it, all the different facets, um, thinking about breaking that down into, into, you know, large, but, but logical chapters, I think is a great idea. Um, so, so, okay. So it's also sort of like different levels of private public, right? Like carnival is yeah. a very public uh, thing on the streets, culture is something like semi-private like there's practices but they're open and ceremony is very much behind closed doors so that's ceremonies kind of another way the, of thinking of- where the invite only where the the ceremonies are are the ceremonies just just out of curiosity the ceremonies themselves they're done privately before carnival during carnival they have they have meanings that <clears throat> before that and during are- um yeah, the couple ones that I'll show are, are more like cleaning ceremonies, which are the ones right before Carnival starts. But we'll get there. We'll okay, get there. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, so, for example, this is what I was tr- saying. Like after maybe the third or fourth time there, I started. I was able to get onto rooftops and be able to show the city itself. Um, and so this is sort of like the culture of that, how it stands in that this is the medium shot in a sense, right? So it's very colorful, but very, you know, African uh, based. And there's something about a mask that's actually universal, right? So that it's something in which you're, you're hiding your identity. You're able to invert, you're able to transcend your daily life. You're able to almost like become another person, another character. And you see that in, in all masquerades, right? In, in Halloween, in New, York, you know, in, in the states, and um, Mardi Gras, in, in all carnivals, but this one especially, people become these characters. And you know, maybe this guy's like a plumber in daily life, but here he's this sort of pretty boy, you know. And this is a—he's not Elvis. This is a um, uh, a Brazilian telenovela soap opera character that's very well known, like a TV character, and he dresses like this every year. This is another wide. So during, you know, this carnival uh, is pretty well known within Brazil. It's pretty authentic and folkloric, but this is the Gala de Madrugada, which is the biggest carnival parade in Brazil, like over 1 million people. So this is the type of thing where it can be this huge production, but can also be a very intimate streets think this is the 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 dolls of the Olinda, that that town that I mentioned, and uh, they're you know like maybe twelve foot high dolls of people inside them, obviously carrying them, and uh, the little cobblestone streets and such. So it gives you an idea. I mean, the the way the intricate amount of dress that they do, and this is a little uh, there's some football players and that they put on the decal, but the gloves. I mean, this is man. So, you know, men can really express their femininity in a place in Brazil, which is traditionally more very Latino, very, the men are masculine, but during carnival, everything changes, right? So the men can express their femininity a little bit more. And did you, so, and as you're, as you're going through a lot of these photos and you're deciding like which ones to include in the book and which ones to, you know, to not include in the book and then lay them out in a way where, did you have close-ups like this, but they would be full page spreads because you want people to zoom in on, on this particular detail. Like this is important. 
Good question. I think this this photo is a full page spread in the book. I'd have to go dig it in the book at the moment. But um, uh, answer your question, I did to produce the book. I had a small team, right? So like I had a photo editor that could help me select and then sequence the photos because the dirty secret is that photographers are the worst editors of their own work, right? So like we have so much emotional connection to our photos that sometimes you need a separate eye. Often you need a separate eye to say, this photo is empirically good. This photo is empirically not as good. Maybe I had four close-up shots. Let's put those all together on the screen. Which one works the best? Sometimes a photo is great, but it doesn't fit in the sequence. And there's a classic phrase in editing called killer darlings, right? So like, even though you love this photo and you remember the time and how you're feeling when you're shooting the photo or, or you, you, you took a four hour bus ride to make that photo. If it's not there, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't fit, if it doesn't fit, you got to kill it. Right. And I brought, uh, I brought in a designer to help me uh, put together the look in the feel of the book, which I'll talk about right at the end of this little slideshow. Um, but in terms of, uh, your, your question was more like, how do you edit and put the work together? It's a collaborative process. It's an iterative process as well. It's like you, it's never together that first time you take a first crack at it. You see certain sections are strong and certain sections don't flow. I showed it to a lot of people. Um, and frankly, I've been, we've been, um, editing it and designing it digitally, of course, then I printed it out and stapled it together as of a book. And then I felt like what it felt like. And that made me change a lot of things because like, let's say this photo that we're just looking at the Brazil one, would that be, could you flip it back? Would that be a double truck, which is a full spread in a book? Probably not. Cause you know why the spine goes right through his hands and the A. So maybe we would offset that one way, uh, one quarter to the left or one quarter to the right. So we would lose this. So we'd avoid the gutter it's called. And it seems so to me like weird things of design. Yeah. Like the, and what you're describing is, is really getting in touch with um, it's, it's not all logical, right? Like I'm trying to um, sometimes I have a tendency to try and break things down a little bit too logical and see if there's a system to do it. But it seems to me that there's, there is a system at least at first, but it really is the final edits of the book. The final way that you put these photos together has to do with, with more of a feeling than, than anything. If it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't have the, the flow that you want it to, and sometimes that's a little bit, you know, it's hard to describe that, um, then, uh, then it needs to be changed. It needs to be adjusted until I mean, that flow gets right. Not to be wishy-washy, but yes and no. I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? It's some feel. It's some. There's no going to be one right answer, but there's also some logic to it as well. Um, for example, the three chapters I talked about, that creates a little bit of a structure of the book, right? So uh, when you have structure, you're kind of like – and I realized in, in this book I wanted to make it a little more photojournalistic. I wanted to tell almost like a mini magazine spread in each two or four pages, so within that, it's like, okay, what are your what are your um, what are your hero photos? What's the photos lead, and then what are your support photos? If that structure fits, and then where's your caption going to be for the hero photo, and then where's the little story going to be? So structure and design tend to help to give you some uh, system, so to speak, but they're also, you know, a little of an artistic eye to see like what actually just looks good and what you feel. Yeah. Well, while staying, while staying, you know, 
um, faithful to the theme, to the raw energy, the emotions that you felt when you were there to try to convey that. So do you, is that part, so looping that back now to our, um, to our one thing, you know, and it, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, I'm, I want to put one of these together. Um, how do you like, how do you end up incorporating that into your visualizations? Did you just go out there and like we were talking yesterday and you kind of went out there without a plan, right? Like you just kind of sort of did it and then you sort of see was saw what was working and what wasn't and then just went with it. Um, but what would you suggest that people do getting started the easiest way to, to get this incorporated into their life? Should they just go out and start taking photos? Do you think? Well, just briefly, I did go mostly without a plan also because back then um, no one really replied to emails. You kind of had to show up. You know, you couldn't right. really make a shoot in advance. And the nature of carnival itself is very improvised. You know, is there a real carnival schedule? Yeah, roughly. That happens sometime on Sunday. You know, like we don't know the exact time. So you kind of have to roll with it by its very nature. But yes, I also, because I didn't have a direct plan, oh, I'm going to do this book and it's going to look exactly this way, I did show up and kind of just like understand the process as, as it went, understand the situation. So I would say the one thing, the simplest way is to, to start. Yeah, keep in mind that it is iterative, like it's going to be evolving as you go. But to start in one direction, just take photos, maybe, maybe do some research, visual research as to what exists. So you're not kind of following the exact same path someone else did and to give you some inspiration and visualization as to what might be there. Um, so kind of having some idea um, of what it is. I've done a little bit more now that I've done a bunch of carnivals, not just this Brazil one, but a bunch of carnivals in the new project. I've done as much visual research in advance, largely also to show up and seem knowledgeable about the carnival even before I've shot it before. So I had an idea, oh, this character means this. Oh, he's significant because, you know, he's the leader. Or she's really significant because she does this, you know, um, duty or this task, right? So this, like, sort of role. So um, that's been a way for me to get my head around going to a new place is to read up on it and understand it as far as recognizing the characters, recognizing the flow of what the day might look like, seeing some photos that already exist that it's okay. What have people gotten into and then finding my own sort of niche within there to create based on what's occurring. Have you done that where you've kind of inserted yourself into these situations and have some favorite photos, particularly from this book, from the flower in the mouth book? Like what are some of your favorite photos from this, from this book? Like the ones that you really think capture that spirit. All right, let's do it. The flower on the mouth. This is the title photo of the book because it's so much uh, happening in one photo. This is where this is the Boca de Lanza, which is the traditional carnival character of the countryside, the cane cutting region of, of Pernambuco. He puts the flower in his mouth. The story goes to get him in the right mood because three or four days of, of Brazilian summer, this is like February, which is the hottest part of the year. He's carrying 30 to 40 kilos of um his costume a lot of bells so this is him before and after 
And this is what they look like when they're in full regalia down the streets. So this kind of sequence of, of the carnival of the countryside I love too, because there there's nothing, there's no bikinis here. There's no people like partying just to party. It's super traditional. And trust me, they do drink. They drink cachaça, which is like fire, fire water basically. And it's, it's strong. Um, the other story I loved shooting in this was the story of the, uh, in Recife, this of a culture called Maracatu, which is heavily, which is percussion based African roots music that usually uh, people from the favela uh, play and a lot for pride, but also for, for to compete for every year for the carnival prize of the best musical and visual performance. And in which case they're recognized as the king of carnival that year. And so I did a story of them making the drum, bending it, of taking the skin and wetting it before he ties on, on the, the head. And this is the old drums, what they look like and how they sort of tie it. These are this design. This is what the spreads in the book look like. And about the queen is one of my favorite stories. She's not only the queen of the, of the Monica too, she dresses in the finery because this is an inversion again, which the people from the favela during carnival, they have a whole, procession which they're kings and queens and there's a court and there's princes and let me tell you these people that are they don't have a lot of money but they spend all of their sort of available funds on these costumes because it's directly linked to their identity you know it's who we are but the queen also does all the sewing and it's also an inversion in latin america usually it's the male who's ahead of everything but in this case it's the female she's also she's not only the queen of the parade does all the costumes, but she's also the queen of the uh, ceremony and tradition and religion that in that neighborhood. So it's a really powerful um, uh, figure, the queen Marivalda, that is her name. And this is another ceremony uh, that I talked about, the third level culture, uh, excuse me, carnival culture ceremony, where they take these eggs, it's a little out of order, sorry, these take these eggs in which they write the names of the relatives that want the gods to look over during carnival to protect them. And then they blow them on the eggs and they do all this uh, hours and hours of ceremony. But just to give you an idea, um, another ceremony in which this is a man dressed as a woman. He's just smoking regular tobacco but that allows him to speak to the old Orishas. And he, he comes speaking in tongues like in, and he's swirling around and all these crazy things. And this is what the tableau look like uh, with the, um, the pipes, the tobaccos and all this crazy stuff. Um, this is another limpeza. The other one with the eggs and this one is a cleaning. So like in order for them to go out to the craziness of carnival, they have to prepare themselves spiritually. So a little bit of uh, some stuff there. Briefly, when you talked about how do you put this, a book together, when I discussed it with my designer, I wanted to kind of convey the fact that this is like an old blues guy on the, on the porch with a beat up guitar. So I showed her different ways to info, not just my photos. I showed her some videos and stuff, but I showed her this blues CD as, as a feeling for the type of font and typeface. And I don't know if you can see, I'm going to zoom in a little bit, but I do a, a couple different treatments here of the t- of typeface of the, of these drop caps, these um, the, the way the, the font is produced. It's, I'm going a little book nerd right now, but yeah, that like kind grittiness of, to it, you know, that, yeah, that like, grittiness. And then for the second, because it's in two languages, English and Portuguese, there's a slight differential in how the, the text is, treat, is treated. So it's easy for you to see that there are two different languages. 
Um, I also showed her a carnival program to give an idea of this is the native sort of colors and shapes of this year's carnival, you know, um, to give some idea. And I also showed street art. This is, I mean, a musician, but the key thing was to show that this was this kind of feeling of, of this very popular type of feeling of this sort of like street art in the background and how colorful the costumes were, the bright primary, the blues and the yellows and the, and the reds. And in fact, these are the colors of the Pernambuco flag, the state flag. So that was, these are very important colors. And so that's how, what drove some of the choices that we made in the book. The last choice we made in the book, and then I'll, I'll stop screen uh, sharing the screen, is um, for the chapter heads. The chapter breaks, I wanted a one little second of, of coolness because it's so hot, all the other colors, all the very, very vivid. So this was a shot from one of the ceremonial um, uh, botanicas where they sell different ceremonial items. And we, we changed that to a duotone for the chapter heads to give a little bit of sense of a uh, visual break for each chapter. Um, I think the last thing, let's flip back to my screen. Uh, let's stop the screen, screen sharing because the last thing I showed you was inspiration. I'm going to show you guys in the back of the book. So this is in the book, back of the book, in the back of the book, I also added a digital download card. So I licensed nine tracks of music from the, um, from the musicians who I worked with. So people could, and you just, you know, there's a little code in the back. When you get the book, you pull off the card and download code. And uh, so people can download uh, nine tracks of music and listen to what some of the, the sounds sound like while looking at the book. That's some idea of a multimedia experience. That's awesome. I'm trying to be a little innovative here. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and and to hear the authentic sounds of, of what you would hear if you were implanted in those places, uh, was it, was it, what did it, I mean, was it, uh, was it mainly like strings? Was it, did it sound like what you would imagine mainstream carnival music sounded like? Or, you know, what uh, were they? No, it's, it's, I mean, the, the Monica 2, these drums are like huge. So it's very, very deep uh, drumming and dancing and parading, almost militant through the streets and singing. Um, so like, the, the other carnival, um, some, there's a couple of videos on my site. Um, particularly on the book page, which I put together like a three minute video showing a little, like a little like teaser of everything, um, but not worth getting into at this moment, but you can take a look on my site, jasongardner.net. Um, the music in the countryside was very different, super fast paced. Like if you think, you know, not a musician nerd out, but like everything's in four, one, two, three, four. The music was in one. It was so fast. It was like, you know, and it was it really trans inducing, you know, in, in, in a very real way, you know, not just for me, but for, I think the people participating in it. You know, one thing that I've wanted to ask you since we've started talking is, is what, what drives you to do this? Is it more of a, just a, a general sense of curiosity and appreciation for the culture and the music? Or are you able to like go to some of these ceremonies and bring back pieces of the humanity of the, like the gratitude, the, the graciousness of your hosts, um, the, maybe even the practices, like, can you, do you bring that back and try to incorporate them into your life somehow? Or do you just use them as a point of reference as you now, like, you know, kind of interpret your life in Paris at the moment? 
I think a little more towards the first. Um, I have a deep appreciation for culture and the fact that people are doing these things that, that have been occurring for thousands of years, right? Um, through a very specific line of, of kind of um, passing it down through the generations. Interesting has been for me in continuing after I did the, the Carnival in Brazil book and continuing to explore the concept of what is Carnival throughout the world. Um, I went to New Orleans. I went to the Cajun country in Louisiana, which is totally different Carnival. I went to Trinidad. And then when I moved to Europe, Paris, about four years ago, I started exploring Europe. What's that like? Uh, seeing some similarities and differences, but the fact that there's this um, very common theme of not just masking, but wanting to mark the change of the season with something completely different, having the the way almost like a steam, like a like a um, pressure cooker release, it like releases the steam, right? It releases the pressure. You're able to like kind of party and do whatever you want, and the rules are lifted. But also, it shows it shows the depth of what humans can. Um, it shows the depth of the human condition in terms of how they express their most profound sort of ideas and thoughts through this festival. So my whole thing is that the interesting part for me is that it's not just a party. People spend all year preparing for it. That's somewhat common, you know. I mean, there's some there are some uh, to take extreme. There are some carnivals that I shot in Austria this year and last year that happen only once every five years. So they're preparing for a long time and thinking about it for a long time. Do they, do they use it in the same way as like a pressure release? It's just, it's just that that's extended over five years instead, or. No, it's, it's the reverse. It's the five years like added up into one day. It's like one day. And And it all, you know, they have a lot of practices. They have a lot of stuff. The one main day is the day, you know, and so it's in a way, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure release, but it's also just homage to kind of their ancestors, you know, this is how we've done it. Let's carry the tradition. And that's why I say like roots, you know, rhythms, but also rebels, like they're a little bit like, yeah, it's a little bit of a pushback to modernity to like, yeah, that's, it's all fine and good that we're doing all this new technology stuff, but like, let's stay in some of the old ways. Yeah, something that that feels a little bit better, you know, just just yeah. ancestrally feels better. Yeah. Um, but do I take it back in my daily practice? I mean, it affects my life because seeing all these interesting things, seeing the people of passion, how they invest a lot of their energy and time and money and and sort of brain space into doing this thing, um, and it makes me appreciate it's a constant like wonder of the world, like what's what these people are doing that like the carnival crazies. And I find kind of, in a sense, my cult, like it's my tribe, right? My extended tribe. Cause they see in me very quickly that I'm crazy for carnival too, in a very deep way, you know? So like, Oh yeah, he's had a crazy too. He's doing all these things. Yeah. He's okay. It's a little easier now that I have a track record of a lot of these work. But, um, you know, I, the first thing I do every time I show up in a new place, I take out my phone, I show them like all the different places and they're like, oh, they start getting ideas like, oh, that's what that is. And that comes from that. And, oh, you've been around. Okay, let's go. Let's go go crazy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's so cool. Oh, God, this has been such an interesting conversation, dude. Uh, tell everybody now what you're doing. Um, you, you touched on it a little bit. Now you're traveling to all these different places. You're putting together a new project. Um, how can people get in touch with you? How can people find out more about what you're doing like today, today? 
Yeah. Um, my site is jasongardner.net. And uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, either via my site or we can post it later. Um, currently, I'm what I'm doing is since I, I was lucky enough in February, uh, January and February to shoot eight different carnivals, I'm going through about 22,000 photos that I shot. Um, and I'm getting there, but it's going slowly. Um, so that's keeping me busy during the confinement. Uh, while we're not officially confined, we're 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 taking it easy now and really focusing inward. I'm also doing, uh, instead of, besides that, uh, my sort of social media project is doing something called armchair traveler, which is on my Facebook and Instagram uh, feed, which is just one photo from my archive per day, uh, travel photo of just to take you to a different place and to show some, just to brighten your feed a little bit. So that's kind of going on. And, um, uh, if you want to, I think you can share the, the link. But um, I have some books remaining of the oh, of the flower amount. Yeah, it's in the description in actually of this yeah. video. It's in there. Yeah. Yep. So um, we can. Uh, I ship them from the states or from Europe, um, primarily from the states. But I have some in Europe where I can send along. And for the only people watching at, of this live stream right now. If you do it, you can put in the code free ship in all caps, F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P, to get free shipping on me. Oh, dude. Just that's, for fire dollars. That's yeah. super generous, man. Thank you so much. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, guys, uh, for everybody that's watching, I mean, one, support Jason. This is this is awesome work. I mean, you were you are <laughs> you were just you were showing people a world that I have never seen before. I've, I've been fortunate enough to see some of your photographs from this new project and they are incredible. So um, support Jason any way that you can get some books. I know I've, I've actually, I've got a few people that I'm going to be getting this book and sending to. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Because, because, you know, my, like I said, my family, we're all like super crazy about carnival, but not even close to this depth. So um, I have such a, such an amazing appreciation for what you're doing. Right. And, uh, uh, but as I continue to edit this, the, the retour au carnaval roots, rhythms, and, uh, reads, um, uh, I'm going to be sending out at some point, once some more photos are edited, I'm sending out a separate campaign of this is going to be what the book is like. And definitely if you'd like, um, subscribe to my email list and I'm happy. I don't send many. I send once every couple of months, max, I don't send you a lot of emails, but um, as that project develops, which will be the next book and exhibits, I will let everyone know. Okay, dude, thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate just, it. It's just fun. Been such an yeah. amazing conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks for showing up. We got to start on time. We went through the, these amazing photos. Uh, you got any parting words for anybody uh, at the last minute before we go? Shoot what, you love. Shoot what you love. Just, sh just like what, when you say about writers, write what you love. Shoot what you love. Even if it's shooting, I've seen a lot of projects where people are just shooting in their backyard or photographing their wife or their husband. You know, just shoot what you love and keep doing it and, and work at it. You know, yeah. Here we go. Because Hold if you on. shoot what you love, it's not work. I'd love to see other questions too. I'm happy. Yeah, to. yeah. In fact, uh, one just came through before we go. Question, Jason, common themes between cultures and all these carnivals. Yeah, what common themes have been the most fascinating? That's a good question. I think uh, some we talked about was like the, the idea of the concept of the mask, um, which as soon as you put on the mask, as soon as one puts on 
the mask, it's possible that one could be transported and become another character and, and transcend their daily life. But one thing I didn't talk about that I've seen over and over again is the concept of the, the mock wedding or the mock marriage. And, you know, you see uh, men, usually men are dressed up as brides, right? And the whole point, it's a little bit to make fun and social satire, but it's also to mark the change of the seasons, to mark that carnival is a lot about birth and death. And um, with marriages, I, I saw one thing, just as a brief thing, in Slovenia, in a small village, If no, it, it's, you're supposed to get married during carnival time. But if there's no weddings that year, then all of the unwed women have to get together and marry a tree. Seriously. They carry a, a log, a tree, through the village, and they do a whole ceremony where they, they marry the tree. So there's this real like old world concept of virility and fertility. And so if they, if they don't do the carnival ritual as they've done it, there's a potential to lose this cycle and this sort of like, it's very rural and, and farmer type thing that helps you at all. Just curious. What do they do if they meet a guy the next year? Do they have to divorce the tree and then get married to the guy or is it? No, no, (laughs) it's a ritual. Does that work? Okay. (laughs) Dude, that, but, that's um, nuts. Some of the other, yeah, and some of the other um, carnival's themes I've seen have been very animist and very animalistic. So, um, homage to the to the sheep or the bear or um, the cow or the ox. Often, the ox, especially in Brazil, but many other countries, is another sign of virility. You know, of, of fertility. You know, and um, you see a lot of. In Sardinia, in Guinea-Bissau, in Austria, like people dress as animals, but that's the very traditional costume, and it's fascinating to see. Yeah. Well, man, let me throw this. Hope that helps. Have, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was this was great. And then Sterling just sometimes <laughs> a tree love. Yep. Love. <laughs> yeah. This is man. So good to talk with you. Uh, if there's well. any other questions, throw them in the chat. Otherwise. Uh, this is going to be Jason and I signing off. I love the shoot what you love advice. I think that's really good advice for people that are listening. Just shoot what you love. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what camera you have. Don't worry about the technical stuff. You use your phone, fine. Yeah. Get a exactly. good camera. Know how to use it, but don't freak out about it. Yep. Man, thank you again for being on the Thanks. show. This has been great. Uh, so this is Jason and I signing off. Until next time, another episode of Fire Builders. Thanks, guys, for watching. And uh, have yourselves a great day. Yep. See See ya. Bye.